0: Thank <laughs> you. is presented by the writers and illustrators of the future. They've been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for the creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Sherry's a bit under the weather right now and asked me to help with the introduction. So, let's welcome award-winning writer Elaine Midko to the show. welcome to the show
1: hi sherry glad to be back how are things? fun
0: how are you
1: uh i'm doing very well you know i uh i recently had a great experience uh this past uh weekend or last weekend in january i participated in a three-day life on mars simulation
0: Ooh, how cool
1: uh, is that <laughs> that's it was astonishing. It was it was really impressive. Um, it was run by the Space Foundation, um, and Nova Southeastern University, which is one of our local universities here in South Florida. They have uh, the Levon Center of Innovation, and um, Space Foundation is very big in the space industry. And locally, the Levon Center of Innovation is is really very active in trying to help folks begin new tech businesses. So they got together, uh, and they created a marvelous, marvelous program. It was actually NASA-supported, sponsored by SpaceX. And I joined about 35 people from across the United States and the world in participating in a very realistic simulation of life on Mars. Uh, and we played the, the, the role of being the first colonists uh, to land on Mars. Uh, and it was very much a thinking exercise because, of course, they couldn't uh, <laughs> replicate uh, the, the lower gravity on Mars or things like that. But they gave us very interesting problems, problems like how are you going uh, to design and build a facility? Uh, how will you uh, find water? I was on the health and safety team, and we had to come up with medical protocols and also protocols in case of fire and things like that. Uh, And the folks that were involved ranged all the way from professionals who are top in their field. For example, on my team, we had a high-level official from the European Space Agency uh, to just brilliant college students. Um, who are studying aeronautics and bioengineering and all sorts of stuff. Um, and then there was me. Uh, I'm a retired <laughs> criminal justice professor uh, who writes science fiction. Um, but it was it was really fun. It was terrific. And I'm pretty sure um, they put me on the health and safety team probably because of my criminal justice background. But I'm pretty sure that another reason i was chosen was because of uh being able to say that i was uh a science fiction writer and that i've been published um and and none of that would have happened if i if i hadn't participated in the writers of the future program because that's really where i where i started writing short stories and submitting every 3 months or so, you know, in order to enter the contest and and you know, eventually got good enough that I was getting published here and there. Uh so, but it was a great experience. It was fantastic and and I'm really glad I got to do it.
0: That's cool. How exciting. I love that kind of stuff. Um we have a really good uh Space and Air Museum here in San Diego. I love going there. Um they they had um an assimilation of the Wright Brothers plane that you could go into and you could, you could. God, that was uncomfortable. Uh, I'm sure they, it was. They, 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 you, you, you have to lay straight on your stomach and your arms are straight up and your legs That's are right. back. It's the most uncomfortable thing. You couldn't imagine but, but trying to. Have
1: to remember, yeah, but you have to remember the flight was only like 10 minutes. Yeah, line, I know.
0: I, I was only on it for like three or four and believe me, that was enough.
1: <laughs> right, I believe it. I believe it. Oh, um, but I'm it was just, weird. Yeah, sorry, Go ahead.
0: No, I was just saying. But it was fun. It was. Uh, but they had. They they have Amelia Earhart's uh, replica of Amelia Earhart's plane. and All kinds of really cool stuff.
1: Wow. <laughs> but I, I love have, that stuff. Uh, I've toured the Kennedy Space Center, and they have some wonderful displays. Even though it's a working place. Um, And I had the privilege, this was a few years ago, you've probably heard of Space Camp, and you think of it for kids, but there's an adult version of Space Camp. And I was able to do that for about three or four days. I think that was um, in Huntsville, Alabama, where they, oh gosh, I forgot the name of the space program they have there, but there's something, I think it's the Marshall... I don't remember. In any event, there's uh, just like there's uh, NASA's active in Houston and at Cape Canaveral. They're also active in Huntsville, Alabama. So there's a space camp there. Uh, that was also a tremendous amount of fun. So, yeah, you know we're lucky we have those resources that we get to to have these sort of adventures.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know it's really cool. Um, have you been to Smithsonian? god that's cool yes
1: the air and space museum at the smithsonian absolutely loved
0: it yeah me too
1: and here's a trivia question for you now in the air and space museum they have um i know they have some of the apollo capsules maybe the mercury gemini they have a lot of different things they have one uh spaceship that is fictional that is on display at the air and space museum now do you, can you guess which one trivia
0: the enterprise
1: yes you're absolutely right
0: <laughs> well yeah i'm a trucker <laughs>
1: <laughs> well uh, me too and, and what joy to see it there yeah right? i
0: know i know and it's, it's always really cool it's just like you i when you you go into the entertainment thing and you see the um the M.A.S.H. set and the all of the family stuff and stuff. I just love awesome. that, that they have all this really amazing stuff from classic, whether it's classic space or classic television shows. It's just cool. <laughs> right,
1: right. Yeah, I think that may have been in the Museum of American History, which is across the street, yeah. or across the, the mall from the Air and Space Museum. Yeah. Yes, I know. I love it. I we, love it over there. I know.
0: We we went to several, because we also went to the one with the hook diamond. I think that was a science museum. Yes,
1: yeah, right.
0: Yeah, because we were in Washington for, like, a week and a half. So oh, we went to all the different no. places, um, but yeah, it was. Um, I people I, people don't realize that that's a compound. The um, Smithsonian. It's not one museum. Right. It's like I think five. Isn't it f- four or five museums? There's a
1: bunch. Yeah. There's a bunch. I don't. I don't even know. I know they have the National Gallery. They have American history, uh, African American history now, Air and Space. Um and I know that there's more. I just I don't even remember all of them.
0: I think there's but a, I think there's a First People Museum too.
1: Yes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And and if you ever go back to Washington, one of the best tours we took was Library of Congress.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I, that, that and the Capitol building. Uh Yeah. I mean of course, people don't realize yeah. that there's so much there to see in the Capitol building in the rotunda.
1: <laughs> I I agree with you. Absolutely wonderful. I mean, Absolutely terrific. I, I like on occasion um I've written some historical fiction, not just science fiction. Um and I've uh, I've thought about writing those kinds of stories. And, you know, there's some science fiction that involves uh, historical fiction as well. I think uh, Harry Turtledove has written um, a lot of great stories which which offer maybe an an alternative uh, history point of view. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't I don't remember all of his books. But but there's been so many of those, and they are a ton of fun. You, you mentioned television shows. Do you remember the Sliders TV show?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sliders, sure. That was a really good yeah. show.
1: Right. So they sometimes go back, and uh, one time they had a, a story where uh, they go to an alternate Earth, and at this alternate Earth, uh, the American Revolution was lost by the Americans. So it's in modern times, but it, but at the U.S. still is part of the British monarchy, and now there's a current rebellion going on. Uh, so you can have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> a lot of fun. I think it's um,
0: interesting. Uh, I haven't watched My brother's watching it, but there's a new TV show that the Russians beat us to the moon. It's changed everything in American history. Yes. Yeah.
1: I've heard of that show. So many people have recommended He's just it, and I am
0: really wild either. about it. But I haven't started watching it yet. But yeah. there was women in Apollo program that are equal because they the the because the, the, the Russians beat us and they have cosmonauts. The they the, the Americans had uh, astronauts that were women and stuff like that. I mean, it's really right. really cool. Um, and he told me yesterday, uh, uh, Ted Kennedy is president.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, actually, I'd love to see that show, yeah. but I haven't seen it either. I think it's, it, I think it's either Apple or Netflix. I don't recall. I think
0: it's Apple. Yeah, he was very excited because right. we just started watching Apple this year. It so just started in January. So.
1: Right. He goes, yeah, that show is supposed to be great, and it's so funny because I don't recall the name. I, I don't either.
0: We were just talking about it last night because he was watching it, and I, I don't remember the name.
1: Yeah, but don't worry. Your listeners will know. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs>
1: they will because it's a very popular show.
0: Yeah, I guess, um I, want, I, I haven't started watching it yet, but I am going to. Oh well, there's yeah. there's some there's some good stuff. There's also it's I think it starts tonight. There's one uh that's called Feud and it's um Truman Capote and the, the quote unquote swans. Oh. That looks yeah. interesting too. Um I mean of course I knew about I remember when it happened. But um but they they uh I've been watching a lot of the previews and it's Sounds fascinating.
1: Oh, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. And and one that's uh, coming back for a third season, I think, next Wednesday night is Resident Alien on the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh-huh. And that's a fun, fun show. If you haven't watched it, it's worth watching. I've, I haven't watched a show recently that so often offers a surprise where, uh, you know, on many TV shows when you watch them, you can guess. Kind of guess what's going to happen. That show, it's always like what? <laughs> it's always a surprise, and it has a good sense of humor too. I and
0: it's the. I think it's the third season. I can't remember. It's a star, The new Star Trek. Star Trek.
1: Oh, Strange New World. That's it.
0: Yeah, it's coming up That's soon. Movie. Yeah, I'm look. I'm so excited. I can't wait.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm enjoying that series. I I've only. Uh, I haven't seen second season yet and I know without out on oh, yeah. uh, That's fair. DVD or whatever yeah. but I, I saw the first season and it's lovely yeah. absolutely
0: wonderful I, I, and people uh, you know you gotta watch Picard I did watch Picard but and I love Picard and I love The Next Generation but I hate the Borg and they had to put the Borg in it
1: <laughs> right right <laughs> um, oh,
0: but I watched it oh, but I'm my. just not a fan of the Borg I just I I don't know why people are so enamored by it. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, um, I I wrote a Writers of the Future story. They're up, they're they're hitting their fortieth year. I think yeah. their fortieth volume is coming out in April. But I and I got published last time in, in volume thirty nine. That was for sort of a time travel story called A Trickle in History. But I was a published finalist in volume 37 and it's so funny the story that I wrote for volume 37 that, that was in there um, it it actually almost emerged from, from like a Star Trek tale that I had in my head that I thought this would be cool if I could do this as a Star Trek story, but I didn't. Uh, but the, it was fun because I was able to write at least a little bit like a space service story and I had a place where I could send it, you know, that it, it was nice. And, and uh, I don't know, we were talking about Star Trek. So it reminded me of that <laughs> because the writers of the future, they, they actually, it, it's a real nice thing for emerging authors because it encourages you to once every three months send in a story. You know, send in a story. And if it stinks, it stinks, but then the next three months you could do another story. Um, so I like that. I like that. And I, I'm i sorry to go on on uh, a little uh, sidetrack here, but when we were talking about Star Trek, I'd, I always wanted to, to write Star Trek, but, of course, uh, original Star Trek, and I couldn't, but okay. So I, I wrote my own version, in a sense.
0: I did, it too. Was not, it was called fanzines.
1: <laughs> oh, I remember some fanzine stories. Now, I I've not written fanzine. Um, but uh I have read some. And you know that some authors started in fanzine and then they became prominent authors. Yep,
0: yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. And I think it's really interesting cuz it um in the zine uh verse there's also a uh, big zine uh following. And uh one or two one person actually ended up writing uh two episodes for the last season That's of Xena. Wow. From writing a, a very popular uh uh um story uh whole storyline of for uh fan fiction yeah she ended up uh writing uh actually the opening episode of the sixth season um in another episode two episodes isn't
1: that amazing and, 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 and have, you, have you ever heard i think the, the author's name is barbara hambly i i think that's her name and she writes she has she has a whole successful series of books i uh, which I don't. I think they were about vampires. I'm not exactly sure. But she started, I think, as in writing the fanzines and and wrote Star Trek stories. And then she got a, and then she wrote a Star Trek book that was actually published. And then she started this marvelous career. So it's amazing. Yep. So yeah, people who start in fanzines, you never know where it might go. Yep. Yep. I know. I I yeah.
0: I I think it's really interesting is I I am a fan. I I write fan fiction and uh, Do
1: you? Yeah. For what what which series?
0: Uh, it was the original Star Trek and uh there was a couple for the uh, Next Generation and then I switched wow. over to Zena. And and then That's I switched terrific. over years later to Miss Fisher.
1: Oh. Wow. Uh, that is so cool
0: but it's so funny because um I also wrote my own original stories and stuff but you get a you get a following when you do fan fiction so when you pub when I published my first book I had I I put a post on at at the end of one of my fan fiction stories for um for it was uh for Xena and Star Trek I wasn't on Miss Fisher yet and um and all these people bought my
1: book. <laughs> wow. That is terrific. That is a great story. <laughs> yeah.
0: So and it's, it's funny. It it because yeah. you, ha- you have a following. And if you have a following that's gonna help you as a writer, whatever you're doing.
1: That's correct. That's correct. And the people who love your Xena stories, so then they'll wanna go to your original fiction. Right. And and yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's just an interesting thing. Um, But but the thing is, is people poo-poo it. You shouldn't poo-poo it. It's a great way to practice.
1: Yeah, it's a great way to practice. And you are operating in somebody else's universe, you know, somebody else's storylines. But that doesn't mean that you're not learning about plotting or characters uh, or how to build up tension and things like that. It's not a bad thing to do. And also... You know, there's the pleasure aspect too. Mm-hmm. If you absolutely love a particular show and you think about the show and you think and you watch a show and then you think, "Oh, I wish this had happened or that had happened." You're already doing fan fiction in your mind. Uh-huh. So, you no, know, why not have some fun and really do it?
0: I started writing fan fiction because I got frustrated. I got frustrated because the ending wasn't enough. The show would end, and I would say, well, what happens next? What happens to these guest stars? You have this whole world created at the end of the show. They're just, that's it. They're not coming back. They're just one shot. And you're like, wait.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. I agree with you. I agree with you. And, And like you say, it's also good practice for writing.
0: Yeah, and you get feedback. You don't get feedback much uh, 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 when you're really writing for like uh, I was writing for magazines because back then you could write for magazines and get paid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean real magazines, you know, not not fiction, fan fiction, but magazines. Hi. But if they didn't like something, all they said, "Well, thank you very much, but it's not good for us at this time." You don't get feedback. You don't know why. But right. if you write fan fiction, you get feedback. Oh, this uh, this character didn't work, uh, you know, maybe if he did this and this. They they told you what they didn't like. And it, it was, it, it gives you, like, oh, that's okay, that's a good idea. And you and you know what, it, it gives you an idea of what the public wants. Uh-huh. Which you don't get if you write for magazines. Because I wrote a lot of short stories for magazines and... Yeah, the short stories are accepted. I got paid, and the short stories that didn't, you get a, le- a form letter, and you really didn't get any feedback.
1: Right, right, that's true. Nowadays, if if you get a short story published, so some of the online uh, magazines, or even if it's a print magazine and online, they might have like a little place where readers can put comments, but not all of them do that. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, Cause it's it's kind of strange when you write a short story and it sells and all that but then you never know you don't what know you just thought about do,
0: they, it. do you like it or do you not like it i mean you know, what right. people what it, it it's just it's it's gone it's out there you got paid and that's
1: it <laughs> right right I know. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's not like a book. When you when you publish a book, you get you know you get reviews and you get comments and stuff like that. That's true.
1: That's but, true. But a
0: short yep. story, you send that baby out, you never hear what happens to the baby after you
1: send it out. And, <laughs> yeah, you don't know how people liked it. Yeah, yeah. With with the writers of the future, they always get a ton of reviews, and some of the reviews, whether it's on Amazon or Goodreads, they some people go. Way in, I mean, they'll go in and they'll say, "Oh, this story, you know, la la da da. This story was very, very good. Or, or uh, my favorite story was, you know, X uh, because of the plotting. Uh, but and the Y story was good. But the Y story, uh, you know, maybe uh, I didn't like the ending. But but it's funny with the writers of the future. If you look at at the Amazon reviews or you look at the GoodRead reviews." Some of those folks, they'll tell you, Mm -hmm. you know, and they'll say um, what they liked and what they didn't like. I know,
0: but that's unusual. That's really unusual. I agree with you. I agree with you. I I mean, I've seen that, but most Amazon reviews of short story collections, they will talk about the collection as a whole. Like... I know. I yeah. I'm, I'm also a mystery fan, and um, there was a new book about Marple, um, Miss Marple, and uh, oh. uh, modern mystery writers were writing Miss Marple. It, it, oh, it's, did it's,
1: they write it in the style of Agatha Christie, yes. or are they writing it in their own style? It's
0: sort of like their style, but it's Agatha's. It, it's Agatha's flavor.
1: Wow. Sounds interesting. It's really
0: good. I actually borrowed it from the library, fell in love with it, and bought the book. Oh, my.
1: <laughs> because
0: it, it, there, there's, you know, it's like any short story collection. There's really great ones, and there's, and even though they're all professionals, really famous, uh-huh. it's like, but the cool thing is, I got the audio book from the library, and they have these really big TV stars and movie stars well, not movie stars, TV stars, doing the narration.
1: Ah. So they have, like,
0: Alex Kingston from Doctor Who doing one. Oh, my
1: goodness.
0: And uh, I'm blanking out on the other people, but there was a whole bunch of them. And I'm like, oh, my God. As I looked at the list, I'm like, oh, my God. That must God. Have been fun. So it makes it so much fun to listen to these. Even the one that I didn't like and had a great narrator, so I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tell me, when you listen to audiobooks, books, are, are, are you, like, doing something else? Because I find that for audio books, um, if I'm driving, it's fantastic. If I'm doing something in the kitchen, it's fantastic. But unlike when I read a print book, you know, if I'm reading a print book, I'm lying down and I'm reading. With an audio book, if I lie down to listen to the audio book, it, it just doesn't seem to work for me. But how is it for you? Do you just focus on the audio well, or I think do you find it, that you have to do something while you're listening?
0: It really depends on the narrator. Um, but I, I, if I, I, maybe it's because I have, I like radio theater and I like,
1: oh, I, I, yes. like
0: um, I like, I like, I like stuff like that. Anyway, um, so when I listen to it, I, like I was trying to, I, I, one of the ones, I, I do what's called immersive reading. What immersive reading uh-huh. is, and I just started doing it, and it's sort of interesting because it's it, you have to you, you're reading the book and they're narrating it at the same time.
1: Oh, you mean you're going along with the narration? Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. This is new for that? me. I just started. I, tr- I I I I sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um. Huh. So, but I. But also, I. No, I don't do other things because when I'm usually, uh, when I listen to an audio book, it's like you were saying, it's before I go to bed. So I just oh. I, I just sit up in bed with um with the uh computer and or my my cell phone or whatever I'm using for the audio book. Uh, uh With the library, it's my cell phone. I love Libby, by the way um <laughs> uh, anybody who's at uh, has a library that has Libby get Libby it's so cool. I had Meryl Street narrating Heartbird. It was amazing, oh and Tom oh. Hanks narrating his own book that his own fictional book.
1: Oh my gosh I mean that's great
0: you, it, it you have to get Libby because they have the best narrators. <laughs> just letting you wow. know
1: <laughs> yeah I think my library has hoopla but they might also have Libby so I'll have to check it out
0: but I yeah I just I mean really it depends on the narrator um, like uh-huh. I was I, I i I wanted I wanted to do immersive read It's the first time we tried with Don Quixote I, oh my I, God! And I because I'd never read it, and it's a really thick book, and uh-huh. so I wanted, I wanted to help because, um, you know, it it it, ha, it 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 it's it's very easy to read, but it's like there's so much to it, and so, uh-huh. I, but I didn't like the narrator. Um, oh,
1: isn't that interesting? Yeah, so
0: I was like, I, I tried, I tried for like two chapters, and I'm like. Uh, uh, no, I'll just read the book.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I've had just two stories that were recorded or, or that, that are available via audio. Um, and and it, it was because I love audiobooks. You know, I'm kind of like you, except I have to be driving or doing something when I listen. and And it's funny how much a narrator can add to it and also this is true for you when you do your radio plays you've got like one recording going in your head as you write it and then you have the narrator you know whether it's Meryl Streep or somebody else doing it and somehow it just like adds a new dimension they did it for I think volume 39 for writers of the future for the last volume I don't know if they're going to do it for the next one and then I had one published by escape pod which which really i think they do all their stories in audio as well as print and it was so weird for me is it is it strange for you like you write the radio play i but do is it, I, are you, is I it somehow like different when when then it's recorded
0: okay well i do have it i i, I not only have it in my head you're pouring into my head, as you know, what, when you're writing, but right. but I also, when I finish, I read it out loud because I'm I'm an actor. Oh, right. I'm an actor, so I have to make sure that it's actable. So when I right. present it to the cast, they will like it, and I hope they like it, and um uh, that it it's doable, and so. Actually, it it one of the reasons I started doing radio plays is I also do regular plays, and you know state theater, and um, I did a contest for um, a, a rather a big theater here in in San Diego, and I I got I was a finalist, and part of being a finalist. Is that they, uh, they have professional actors performing? It was a one act, uh, perfecting uh, performing your play, and it was so emotional to me to have Aww. somebody. I mean, I'd have I'd had amateurs do my plays, but I had never had professionals do my plays, and wow. it was like this is incredible. I have since had professionals do my theater plays as well as the radio plays um, but, but did
1: you find did, did you find that in your head you had you know like maybe one in your head as you wrote it and even as you read it out loud to yourself that you had like one way it was going to be and then an actor kind of puts a whole different spin on it Yeah, you, I felt like that you hope so listened.
0: you want them to <laughs> you want them to right. put themselves right, in no, it I'm not
1: saying it's no, no, it's surprising. great. I was like, wow. Yeah,
0: it's great. Yeah. You want them to. You want them to because right. they put themselves in it. Um, people don't realize uh, when you're acting, you are putting your own spin on it, as he said, but it's really you're putting your own, it's your interpretation, but it's also your heart, your, your mind, right. your soul. It's a whole... It's like when you're writing; it's like your whole body goes into acting a part. Right. And right. so you want them to. I mean, that's yeah, part no, of being an actor. I was
1: it as a negative. I I was like joyfully surprised <laughs> <laughs> with the two recordings. It was, uh, you know, they recorded the whole book of Volume Thirty Nine for Writers of the Future, and of and I listened. It's funny because I read some of the stories before I heard the recording, so obviously my story, it was like, wow, I'm surprised. And then for other people, because when I read it, it was like one way in my head when I read it, then I listened to it, and it's something else, and it is the actor's interpretation. Mm -hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised. I found it really interesting.
0: I think that's one of the reasons I like audiobooks, because Uh you never know what the person... I mean, there's great narrators that you know. I there are actors that are narrators that I've never heard of, um, but they're brilliant. They're great. And then there's people like I. I love um, Agatha Christie and uh, uh, Hugh Fraser does a lot of the prose. Actually, uh-huh. Hugh Fraser does a lot of the Agatha Christie. He does Miss Marple too. Um, uh-huh. But he's such a good actor. You know, people think of him as Hastings in in um, Perot, but he's a really accomplished actor. He's done so many movies and TV shows, and so when you listen to him as a narrator and he's doing all the voices, you're like, you're just like, you're incredible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's oh wonderful that so, sounds terrific so that's
0: probably what you are because uh, they do and it's so amazing another really great narrator is Juliet stevenson she's a british actress too she's a really mm-hmm. good actress she's been in a lot of movies and tv shows and she's a really great narrator in fact uh there's a series called queens of mystery that she's the narrator of that series as well as being a book narrator so it's just uh, there's just some people who have great voice. Julie Andrews has also d- done a lot of narration for uh, books and movies. Oh, uh, I
1: didn't know that. Much. Yeah. Huh.
0: Well, she also has children's books, and she and her daughter do all the narration for the children's oh, books. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. it's really oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. No, it is. It, it's, it's, an is it, it's an art. Wonderful. It's it's an art you have to be really good at it.
1: (laughs) I agree I agree Um, and then of course I recall some audio books that I won't call them audio plays but they might have uh, like two or three narrators in there so a female narrator might do the you know, like what the woman said, and this and that so it gets interjected, or else sometimes they'll have sound effects, even though they are reading directly from the book. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, and that's that's fun too when that happens.
0: Yeah, they have uh, there's like a theater group that does um, narration. I I can't, on Libby, I can't remember the name of the group.
1: I enjoy that. I yeah. enjoy that because it's sort of uh it's halfway between a radio play and an audio book. Mm-hmm. So when whenever they take the actual book that was written as a book and somehow add those sound effects, have the different voices, it's just it's so cool to me because they haven't changed the words of the book and yet they've they've brought in these audio uh radio play qualities.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's really beautiful, and um, I, I and I and I love that. I lo- like I said, I was brought up listening to radio theater. I've, I'm a uh-huh. theater nerd, so my parents took us to theater when we were kids. So I've been going to the theater since I was little, and I've been listening to radio theater because my parents were brought up in the days that there was no TV, and that's all uh-huh. there was was radio theater, and so you know, I loved watching the Jack Benny TV show, but I also loved watching the watching listening to the Jack Benny Jack, Jack Benny <laughs> radio shows. They were so fantastic, um, and George Byrne and Gracie Allen's uh, radio sure. shows. they had TV show too, but and I they're both great. That. But the radio because you, you could imagine stuff, you know.
1: Right. Right. Um, When I was, uh, God, it was like the very first job I had, I was 16 or 17 years old, and I would get off work at around 10. And because it was a late job, my parents would let me take the car, right? So I would drive home from like 10 to 1030. And for some reason, some radio channel had the old uh, Lone Ranger, I think, (laughs) the Lone Ranger radio show. Listen to it, and I know just what you're talking about. I it is so much hard. fun. It's such a pleasure, <laughs> such a pleasure, because you get to—you're your own TV. Mm-hmm. You know, in a way, it's much more fun than watching television in, in some ways.
0: Yeah, because you but use your imagination. That's, see, that's one of the things. Yeah. One of the when I started my radio theater thing, and I was being interviewed on other radio shows about it to give publicity to the plays. Um, people ask why would you want to do radio theater I go because it's imagination it it, it's it's great for the actors because they're doing it all in voice they have to put their entire performance in their voice and it's very Uh different a lot of actors aren't trained for that a lot of actors are trained only for their facial features you know make sure your face is showing You know, make sure your eyes are showing what's going on and and stuff like that. But radio, you're putting an entire performance in your voice. And your your voice is your entire instrument instead of your whole body. And it's really an art. And it's something that, like I said, not many actors are trained in it. So that's one thing that's really fun because I have a little repertory group with people who do the um, radio plays. And they're all really enjoying it because they're getting to play parts that they would never get cast as. Um, because it's... Well, Boy, if I
1: lived out there, I'd want to join your radio group. <laughs> if you'd let me. You'd have to <laughs> I'd have audition.
0: i make everybody audition.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd audition. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but... Um, yeah, so it's really fun, and it's like we're like a little family. Um, it was like it was really nice during COVID because, you know, you, you're not seeing anybody. You're, you, you're, we were all separated, but since I do it uh, via Skype, um, you know, we could still meet up and and do the shows um, uh, because we're not we we're there, you know, and people. Uh-huh. You know, I had people in L.A. and San Diego. I have people all over the country, by the way, for doing the radio show.
1: Wow.
0: They're all over the country. Um, actually, um, I've had use some people... You the
1: computer to do all the recordings and everything? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, uh, they're in... Um, I've actually had people in Europe do it. But you got to feel sorry for them, because usually the, the people do it after work. So... Our time is 7 o'clock, but their time is, like, 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. Right, right. <laughs> they'll do it one or two shows and that's it because, you know, <laughs> it's hard well, on they're them.
1: they're devoted. They're devoted. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> but it's,
0: like, it's, it's not easy if you're in England uh, trying to do a show with uh, the people and, you know, because you, you have to have it for at a time for people in Los Angeles and the Midwest. So 7 o'clock is a really good time for everybody. Right, right. But in England, it's 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. or whatever, and it's like, you know, not that good. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, they have to really want it, though. so it, it, It's a test. <laughs> How much do you want this? Okay, enough that I'll get up at 1 a.m.
0: <laughs> hey, that we have people from uh, uh UK doing Hamlet
1: wow
0: yeah uh, they were uh, I mean people from here too it was the entire cast but they wanted Uh to do it (laughs) oh sure because it's Hamlet it was it was uh, one of the girls that um, she was doing a I think she was doing her doctorate I'm not sure one of her degrees on theater on, on Shakespeare and she wrote a mini hamlet and she uh sent it to me and she said would you like to do this for your radio theater and i said oh, oh yeah awesome. and i and i had a really good guy doing um i had some really good actors i had some english actors um ah. doing it and also american actors doing it it was a good mix and um it was it was It was amazing. But, yeah, I felt sorry for the people in England, 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning.
1: (laughs) But they weren't sorry. They got to say, hey, I started a play in L.A. (laughs) Well, (laughs) sort (laughs) of. Sort of. (laughs) Kind of.
0: We're coming to the end of the show. I want to know if you have anything, uh, any book or any short stories that are coming out you want people to know about. Uh,
1: coming out, uh, still anticipating, so I can't say, um, but I did have a short story that was just recently published, that was published in Metastellar, um, and, uh, uh, let's see, I, I mentioned that, uh, one of my stories was, uh, just put into, well, a few months ago was put into audio by Escape Pod, um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, But upcoming, still, you know, still writing, still have stories out there, so we'll we'll see what happens.
0: Okay. And uh, do you have any events that you're going to, uh, uh, science fiction cons or book signings or anything like that? Uh,
1: No, but there is going to be, I think, a Zoom radio event. Let me just see with whom. It's going to be in February. Um, uh, oh gosh, I'm looking for the date. Uh-oh. Well, you know what's funny? I know it's coming and I just don't know when. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, end of February. Okay, February 27th. Um, there's going to be a virtual book talk with some of the writers of the Future Volume 39 winners and illustrators. I think there's going to be at least four of us and it's it's a bookstore that I think is near oh it's in Joshua Tree California but I love the name of the bookstore it's called Space Cowboys Books.
0: <laughs> uh, Joshua Tree is nowhere near me. Um, uh, well, you,
1: see, uh, you have to remember I'm on the east coast so I don't really know uh, all the California cities <laughs> uh, but uh, don't you love the name of the bookstore? Yeah I love Space it Cowboys I
0: love it. That's really I cool. love that, yeah. and that's
1: going to be a virtual chat. That's going to be fun. I did one earlier this month, and it's going to be with at least I think four of the Writers of the Future Volume Thirty Nine winners, um, and we had a blast the last time. Okay. And, and you asked what, what's coming up for some people. Uh, one of the Volume Thirty Nine winners, he's going to have he has a book that's coming out on Tax Day, April fifteenth, and it's called, called Death and the Tax Man and folks. Yeah, uh you may have interviewed him already. Um uh, uh David Hamkins is the author. Yeah, I did. Uh,
0: I interviewed him. And
1: yeah, well, you know, th- there's so much fun that that comes out of this and out of being part of of the writers of the future and there's going to be a few others in there. Uh, so I have that coming up, and that's fun because it's virtual with Zoom. At least you don't have to travel. Yeah. And besides, who wouldn't want to watch something that comes out of a Space Cowboys bookstore? I mean, I already like it just because of the name.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, that's cool. Um, uh, could you give your website and any of your social media so people can say, look, look at your stuff and also say hi?
1: Oh, absolutely. I am on Facebook. Uh, just look for my name, Elaine Midco. Uh, Midco is M-I-D-C-O-H. And I have uh, a pretty simple website, but it lists my publications, and it has links to the stories that are available uh, for free online. And that is at uh, www, of course, wordpress. Dot com.
0: and your social media
1: just Facebook Just Facebook? I'm not that active so I, I, I had to force myself into social media
0: ok so <laughs> is your Facebook just your name or? yeah is just it? my name okay.
1: is, if you go on Facebook and look for Elaine Mitko M-I-D-C-O-H uh, at least so far I'm the only one so Elaine Mitko
0: ok that sounds cool Thank you, Elaine, for coming on the show.
1: It is my pleasure, and I loved hearing about your radio plays and all the other stuff going on.
0: Thank you, and thank you for chatting with Sherry.